welcome to Space Chats. I'm Adam Hemming, the director of the Space Theatre, and I'm here with Jiggs Caldiron and Manuel Jimenez from Theasos Theatre Company, who will be performing Cyclops at the Space from the 28th of June to the 2nd of July. Hello and welcome to Space Chats. How are you? Just fine, thank you. Tickety-boo, thanks. Amazing. We're sweltering away in our porter cabin and you've just had a long, hard day of rehearsals, haven't you? Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, before we get to talking about the show that you're rehearsing for, can you tell us a bit about your background? Well, Theosos and my background is training as a classical actress at the Drama Centre and doing a lot of Shakespeare when I went back to the States and then coming back to England and not being able to get a job, so going into training. Uh, <laughs> and uh, directing, which I've always really liked. And uh, yes, so I've worked a lot in actor training. I've done lots of directing. I still do some performing. So it's rather eclectic. I play in a gamelan group and perform with a Balinese dance troupe, which is how I met Manny. Uh, I started as a classical musician with violin and piano and some classical guitar. And then I heard some gamelan in A-level and that kind of put me on a kind of musical tangent. And I started studying ethnomusicology and studying most uh, as many different types of music as I could. Thai, Zimbabwean, Ugandan, etc. You name it. And then I did a, <laughs> a, a doctorate, which is a poor idea for studying music. And then uh, I kind of was playing gamelan and I knew jigs from that. And I got asked, she asked me to help out with one of the Asos's, um performances and plays. And then it got to the point where I was writing stuff for them, for productions like Bacchae and Plutos and Cyclops. So, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of Gamelan. I'm not sure I fully know what it is. <laughs> well, gamelan is an orchestra of metallophones, and there are different kinds of Gamelan from different places. But we both play in a Balinese Gamelan ensemble, which is the very loud and noisy one. And I started doing it because I, having gone through another period of unemployment, uh, you people out there who know about the world of theatre know about these periods of unemployment, I decided to do a PhD, having nothing better to do, and I got a grant, and I wanted to study Balinese topeng, masked dance drama, because I had been teaching a lot of mask work, and I was very interested in that. And so I went off to Bali, and I studied mask making, and I studied dancing, uh, because they don't have a word for actor in Balinese, it's just dancing. And my teacher, you're accompanied by the gamelan, and of course I was doing it to cassette tapes, you remember cassette I tapes. I do, yeah. Yes, this is the <laughs> early, mid mid to late 90s and um he kept saying listen to the gong listen to the gong and it was a cassette tape with a little tiny speaker you couldn't hear the gong <laughs> so when i got back to london and i was working on a play for theosos in which we were doing balinese stuff i met andy channing who directs the uh, balinese gamelan ensemble and i said oh i need to learn to play gamelan so that i can hear the gong <laughs> so that i can get my dancing sorted out and uh, that was how it began but so we play a lot of concerts and we do yeah yeah i mean like everybody else we had a big hiatus during covid but we're back and we're doing it but uh, this ties directly into theosos in fact my 
relationship with Gamelan and my relationship with Theosos are, are very much linked. Because when I was doing this PhD, um, I was giving a kind of internal presentation in the department, and one of the people who came along to it was another PhD student, uh, Yana Zarifi Sistavari, who we started talking about classical Greek theatre. I said, oh, I love Greek theatre. Uh, and she said, well, my thing is really the chorus. I said, oh, God, the chorus. I never know what to do with the chorus. It's so boring. I never understand what they're talking about. She said, it's musical theatre. <laughs> all singing, all dancing. And this changed my life, really. And she had this idea about doing Euripides' Hippolytus, she had just done a production at King's College London in Greek of the Medea, which used Bharatnatyam, Indian dance. And she had this idea about using Balinese dance with a chorus of uh, Hippolytus. So we collaborated on this and we decided to have the principles using Balinese masks. I, we all went out to Bali and I commissioned these masks and we had them made and then we worked on the show and in that first incarnation of it we worked with Andy Channing and we incorporated lots of elements of Balinese theatre and she couldn't find a Balinese choreographer at the time. There wasn't anybody in London who could do it but there happened to be a guy from West Java. So, so the dancing was really West Javanese and it was a kind of mashup. It was terrific. It was enormously popular. We, we did it particularly for Cambridge University every three years as a big gathering of classicists. So we had a live orchestra of 12 people, a company of 10. We were doing the choruses with narration and mask work and it was really interesting. And we actually sold this around various places over the next few years. And by then, we got a Balinese dancer in London. So Pooja came along and she worked on the choreography and the mask work with us. And so then we had it refined to a small group of six women who were both the chorus and the principals playing in masks. It was really interesting. So the idea of Theosos from the beginning was to find some kind of context for a singing and dancing chorus and a connection to ritual, which is really important in Greek drama, but people don't really know about it because they don't know about the ancient Greek rituals. So, so often in modern productions of Greek theatre, you have a lot of people either in modern dress or wearing some kind of weird toga, being very deep and uh, sincere and worrying a lot about character. And the chorus is generally reduced to a couple of people who may or may not sing, usually very operatically. And it can be very, very tedious. So uh, we wanted to have something a little more lively and a little more connected to culture. So we were looking outwardly to cultures and trying to find music and dance that would complement what we do. So we began with Hippolytus and then we did a couple of Aristophanes comedies. We did Plutos, which we did here in its original incarnation. We did it at Exeter University and then at the Hellenic Centre here in London. And then we did a piece, which would be a jolly good play to do now. And toured that around, that was, that was really good. And then we did the Bacchae, which was brilliant. And that was more drawing on Greek traditions. 
and the real deep ritual basis of Dionysiac worship and this kind of two sides of Dionysos, that he's the god of pleasure, of wine, of comfort, but also of panic. And spoiler alert, in the Barkai, the protagonist, or rather antagonist, gets torn to pieces by a bunch of worshippers of Dionysus, one of whom happens to be his mother, and the rest of them are his aunts. So it can be pretty gruesome. Then we had a hiatus uh, for a few years because Jana went off and married uh, Vladimir Stanievsky, who is the artistic director of Gorgonitsa Center for Theatre Practices in Poland, and I said, well, pfft, Okay, that's the end of that. <laughs> I guess we're not going to do any more of that, but it was fun while it lasted. Uh, but then at Stanievsky's insistence, actually, we remounted a new production of Hippolytus, which is when Manny came on board. And uh, it uh, became a lot more Balinese and was really interesting to do. And we did it here and we did it in Poland. We did it at the Polish National Theatre. That was very exciting. And that set us on this new path that we've been on since about 2016. So the kind of first incarnation was 1997 to about 2003 or four, And then, then we came back uh, in 2015-16. Amazing. That was such a brilliant sort of history of the Assos Theatre Company. So most of my questions now, I have to find my place again. There's, there was so much in that I, I find really interesting. The, the kind of your travel as a theatre company, the fact that you perform in the UK and Poland, that you performed in Bali in the past. Is there anyone else you've been or you would like to go to? Well, well actually, we haven't performed in Bali. We right. researched in Bali, but we didn't perform there. We performed in the US. But we are hoping to take this show to Sardinia because we've had a lot of Sardinian influence. There was, Manny can talk about this, when we did the Barkai, uh, we became very interested in the music of the Launedas, which is like the ancient Aulus, which was the accompanimental instrument in ancient Greek theatre, and the polyphonic, would that be right to say polyphonic singing? I, I'm treading on thin ice here because I really don't know what I'm talking about. And we incorporate some of this into uh, the current production of the Cyclops, which happens on a Mediterranean island, which happens to be Sicily instead of Sardinia. But hey, when you've seen one Mediterranean island, they're all pretty much alike. Who wouldn't want to go and perform in Sardinia, right? It right. Sounds, sounds amazing. <laughs> the other thing I, I want to pick up on is, you know, you come from an academic background, but your work is very much you know, the emphasis of your work is on making it sort of accessible now and, and, you know, those cultural touchstones. So it has this lovely mixture of being sort of quite high culture and then also sort of quite low culture as well. Very, very low culture in this particular show, yes. Yeah. It's filthy. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I haven't really ever thought of myself as a proper academic because I was a theatre person who just happened to do a PhD during a period of unemployment, as you do, and not a path I would necessarily recommend to anybody, whether at liberty or not. But yes, Jana, who is the artistic director and our co-director, really calls the shots. And it is wonderful when we're able to work together because, of course, she reads and speaks uh, as much as anybody does ancient Greek. So one is able to say, ah, I don't like this line. What is it in the Greek? Can we fix it? 
how do we make it work better? And we've worked with some very interesting translators. And uh, it's one of the things that makes me really delighted about the current show, The Cyclops, because we're working with a translation by J. Michael Walton. And he's another one of these theater people who accidentally ended up with a PhD and running the theater department at Hull University. But he was an actor and a director. And in fact, he got, I just read his bio uh, on Wikipedia or something, he got his PhD by publication. He by then published so many books, they just had to give him one. Um, <laughs> but he's an excellent classical scholar, but he's a man of the theater. So this particular translation of the play is really accessible and really actable because a lot of people who translate classical plays have a great deal of reverence for the script and they say well it's old stuff so we'd better use old-fashioned language that sounds important which is asinine in comedy you know it, it doesn't doesn't really work so so we're really really lucky this is a very theatrical production amazing what's the What's the process for you, like, creating one of these shows? Do you start with the original text and go from there? How do you integrate the music and what, what, what comes first? Or is it all just a bit of a melting pot? We agree to do a show and then we panic for a few weeks and then, <laughs> and then we relax and then we start talking about the process. That's literally how we start these. Um, yeah, yeah, we get an idea, I think. And so, in fact, I think the Cyclops came from members of the company, a couple of members of the company said, we should do the Cyclops, it's really good. I said, it's a satire play, nobody does satire plays. Is it any good? Oh, well, I don't know, ah, oh, no. You know, and then suddenly we thought, hey, this looks like fun, you know, after, especially after doing Plutos, which was a great deal of fun. And, and we went through such traumas because we started rehearsing it just before lockdown came. And we had such determination to get this thing on that uh, I think some of that energy has burned through into, into this. But the satire play aspect of it is really important. And I, this takes us back to the Barkai because one of the things about satire play, so there was comedy, tragedy, and satire play, three genres, but there's only one satire play that has come down to us through all of history. There, there are some fragments of other things, but only one that is more or less complete, and that is the Cyclops. And it's by Euripides, and he's like, he's my man. Um, <laughs> so tragedy, we know tragedy, the goat song, it's, it's, it's got this kind of rich history. We don't know why it erupted and where it came from, comedy, is usually pretty contemporary and relevant and deals with, with interesting social problems and drops a lot of names of people you've never heard of because they died two centuries ago. And what is the satyr play? Nobody really knows. It's on vases. You see lots of pictures of satyrs dancing about. But what was its function? It came after a day of tragedy. So you've been sitting in the theatre since early morning watching people having a terrible time all day long and then you get the satire play at the end. And they are usually filthy because satires are half man, half goat, or half horse. It depends on who you're reading. But ours are goats. And they are attendants of Dionysos, the god of wine and theater. And they have a lot of animal characteristics. And they're also divine. So they're really special and magical. And I think that one of the things, one of the complaints about tragedy from one of the contemporary critics in ancient Athens was 
it's nothing to do with Dionysos. Uh, you know, the, the plays were about Oedipus or, you know, other people with difficult family problems. And what had happened to Dionysos in all of this? So the satire play always returned to the idea of Dionysos. So that was, I think that, that was part of what drew us into it. Amazing. Let's talk about the show then, Cyclops. So tell us, what's the story of the piece? Well, I'm sure that everybody will have read their Odyssey by Homer. So you will all be familiar with the story as much as the ancient Greeks were. And that is Odysseus on his way home from the Trojan War is shipwrecked on an island. In some sources, it's called Goat Island. And when he fetches up on the shore, goes to get some provisions, he finds it's populated by Cyclops. Clopes, which are giant man-eating one-eyed ogres and he and his men are captured the cyclops has a couple of his men for lunch and odysseus comes up with an idea that the only way that they can escape is by blinding the cyclops which they do and in homer they escape by hiding under the cyclops sheep and the sheep run out of the cave with the Greeks underneath them, and there are pictures on vases of this. But Euripides added satyrs. So it's got all the horror story aspects of the horrible man-eating ogres, but it's got these singing, dancing, half-goats, half-men who have been starved of sex and wine, and it happens that the thing that Odysseus brings that they didn't have on the island is wine. And so that's the key to the whole thing. Amazing. Wine is always the answer. Yes. <laughs> so I've seen a couple of things that have excited me a lot about Cyclops coming to the space, not, not including watching Plutus when you performed that here before. But one of those was I popped up onto the balcony while you were rehearsing and there was somebody on stilts, which yes. was really pleasing and exciting. And then the other thing was the piece you did at the launch night last week. We had our launch event last week. And you opened the launch event, in fact, with a, with a song, which was just, yeah, I, I think blew everyone away. It was, was incredible. Anything else that you want to tell us about kind of how the show is being created or what audiences can expect? It's a cracking good story. It's not too long. There are some special exciting things because the Cyclops is a, is a giant ogre. So, yes, we have stilts. We have a Cyclops mask because human beings have two eyes, but the Cyclops has only one. And we have a lot of music and dancing. And it travels through a wide range of genres, wouldn't you say, <laughs> yes. Manny? Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> Um, from good old-fashioned folk music, yeah. a bit of klezmer, a bit of barbershop quartet, a bit of um, Sardinian, Sardinian yeah, close yeah. harmony singing. Yeah, there's a little bit of everything. And yeah, it's camp as a row of tents. Amazing. And a treat for the ears and the eyes, I, yes. I'm sure. Incredible. So on, on the 2nd of July, Professor Edith Hall is going to be giving a talk about the show between yes. the matinee and the evening performances. So if you come on the Saturday, either for the matinee or the evening, you can either come early or stay later and catch that. What do you think she'll have to say about Cyclops? Well, she's written a bit about the satyrs, and she, she's a classicist, but she's the, the sort of user-friendly kind of classicist. And uh, she has a terrific website. I highly recommend a, a visit to the website. And she has written an introduction to the Cyclops, which is really all about why a satire play and why did these guys do it? And she has an interesting theory about this, that 
An awful lot of Greek tragedies have choruses of women, but of course all of the people who played in these Greek tragedies were men. Women couldn't even see the performances, at least in the early 5th century. So she said after a whole day of wearing skirts and having to be women, that this was an opportunity for the boys in the chorus, who would be young men just you know, kind of army cadets, to uh, let their hair down, as it were, and be boys and be bad boys. Uh, that's one theory. So I think Edith will be talking about that theory and some other things about the Cyclops, which I too am on tenterhooks to, to hear. Amazing. I think it's going to be, yeah, really incredible and really great to have that added value to coming to see the show, I think, by deepening our engagement with, with all of that. I've got a favourite Cyclops. Have okay. either of you ever seen the film Krull? It was kind yes. of a long time yes. ago, in the 80s. Bernard Breslau? Quite possibly, yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, there's a wonderful character in that who's a, who's a cyclops. And I, I see. Yeah. Is he nice or nasty? Uh, Does he eat people? No, he's very nice. He's very oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. He's a nicer, okay. nicer character. I think, he has a, I think he has a fairly tragic end. He does, in, yes. In the film. So I, I keep trying to get to our page on, on your website, and I made the mistake the first time of typing in Space Cyclops, and there are <laughs> all sorts of things on YouTube of Space Cyclopses. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> So, so this is something I'm going to have to check out and deepen my understanding of the Cyclops. What's next for you? I mean, you've talked about Sardinia already, but is there anything else that you're working on or plans for anything more in the future? Oh, I think we have lots of ideas. What we tend to do, I mean, with the company, we find people who want to work with us. They're usually people who really have an interest in, in the stuff that we do. So some people in this company are from the uh, World Performance Course at East 15, who were students of mine. First of all, they have an interest in not just doing kind of kitchen sink realistic acting, but in exploring things and in singing and in dancing and so on. So they have, they're multi-skilled. And the other people that we tend to draw from uh, is the RADA Theatre Lab, who are also theatre makers. So so inquiring minds. But, but over the years, I mean, it's 25 years we've been going. We've had at least two marriages uh, come out of the company. Um, and there has been a certain alarm raised by members of the current company at the strictly monogendered nature of the roles. That is, it's all male roles. There is some cross-dressing that happens. I don't want to have a spoiler there. But so, <laughs> so we may return to something else. Uh, there are a couple of plays of interest of Euripides, at least to me, Trojan Women and or Hecuba are, are both very interesting. We might revisit Peace, I think, given current events. It's a really great play, a lot of fun, and that one is about a farmer who is fed up with the way that war has destroyed his livelihood, and he gets his fellow farmers and he flies a dung beetle to heaven in order to talk to the gods about what's happened to peace. And the farmers end up digging up peace and reinstalling her as a goddess. So uh, that, that would be quite a fun thing to return to. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Cyclops is taking place at the space from the 28th of June to the 2nd of July with a live stream on the 30th of June. And that will be available on demand for a couple of weeks after that. And as I mentioned, there's a discussion with Professor Edith Hall about the history and mythology surrounding the production on the 2nd of July in between the matinee and the evening show. 
You can buy tickets and find links to all of our social media accounts at www.space.org.uk and Theasos are online on www.theasos.co.uk. We'll put the link to that in the podcast description. Are you on social media too? Uh, yes, we have a Facebook page, Theasos. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So if you search for Theasos on Facebook, you will find them there. But yeah, thanks again for joining us. It's been really lovely to chat to you and fascinating to hear about the show and the company. Thank you very much. Thank you.